Hey, welcome to our podcast. I'm Tom Blackwood, Executive Pastor at Calvary Church. We hope you'll find something every week that inspires and encourages you in your faith. You can subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen so that you'll never miss an update. Hope you enjoy the message. I'm excited to see what God's about to do in our lives as we look at his word. Before we do that, we're going to be in James chapter 5. If you want to go ahead and turn there, we want to, before we go into the message, I want to pray for some people that are living out, honestly, what Pastor Tom just shared with you about, and you know that, uh, boy, that you're in the middle of a group of people that are incredibly generous and they're giving towards kingdom builders and it's just awesome to see what God is doing in that, but not just in through our giving, but also in our going. And we have a team that is leaving this Thursday to go to South Africa and ministry there. I'm going to ask that team to stand. Just stay standing with me. Yeah, you can show your appreciation to them. <clears throat> we have, um, it's, there's a few more of them there that are going to be going. I think Pastor Tom is at 16. Is that total going? Uh, leaves this Thursday and be gone for 10 days. Uh, we'll be working with Reaching a Generation, the ministry there, and doing um, some training there in different leadership academies called ILA, International Leadership Academy. And uh, we're excited to see the investment that we're going to be allowing our lives to be um, sowing some seed in the lives of high school students there in the, the area of Mokopani. And uh, just, it's really exciting to see what God is doing. So, Church, I know that sometimes we get this moment when we're seeing people going on these adventures and trips. It's like, ah, I'm a little bit jealous. And I got to be honest, guys, I'm a little bit jealous in this one. Uh, So we're excited, though, to just pray together with you. I want to pray a special prayer on just leadership. Obviously, Pastor Tom and Kenda. Kenda's um, kind of been taking the lead on this trip as far as planning and all that. So, Kenda, thank you so much for all your work and help now and then the next couple days in South Africa as well. Can you do me a favor and just stretch your hands towards this team? We're going to just ask the Lord to bless them and pray as they go. Father, I pray right now that, God, you would just keep your hands upon all of the men and women that are on this team that are going to represent not just Calvary Church, but they're representing you to people that, uh, God, many of the the young men and women um, may be at different positions in their spiritual walk. God, I pray that you would allow the, the men and women on this trip to be a reflection of your grace to them in those, those areas of uh, Leadership Academy and the teaching and all the different settings that they'll be in. Father, I pray for just traveling mercies. Get, keep your hands upon them. Keep them healthy. Keep them safe. Keep them just in your hands as they travel. And for the family members that are, that are staying back home, keep your hands upon the homes and all the, the family that's staying here as well. God, we thank you. And we just thank you in advance for the testimonies of life change that will undoubtedly happen this next, these next few days through the ministry of this team going forward. We thank you for it. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you guys. You guys are awesome. So fun. It's fun to see what God is doing in and through our lives when we serve. And uh, yeah, they're already ra- ra- leaving for the airport right now. Did you see that? I just, we prayed and got them out. No, they were here in early service and have places to serve as well um, here at Calvary. So we're excited about that. James chapter five is where we're gonna be in our message here today. The last couple weeks, we've been uh, talking about a series um, 
that has to do with a theme that is all throughout Scripture, but really focused in on some of the New Testament portions of these, the phrase that uh, the writers use there uh, and how that we interact with each other. In other words, we've been um, diving into these, these one another phrases or each other phrases. It's over a hundred different things in the New Testament alone. We're not going to take each one of them, but we're going to take different um, principles that the writers there in God's word say uh, are really important for us to examine how we interact with each other. When we launched this series called Doing Together Better, we talked about the Greek word, of, of the, the phrase, each other or one another. It, it, uh, the Greek word is elelon. And it, there is this meaning in that that has to do with um, reciprocity, mutual beneficial relationships one with the other. It is not talking about a relationship from top down or from one person just one way. It is talking about how we do relationships mutually between each other. So as we go through even the passage of scripture today, just understand that it is not a, it's not a one-way street right? It's an each other, it's a mutually beneficial and mutually um, growing state uh, that, that uh, the writer here wants us to look at how this each other dynamic plays out. James gospel says, or the, the letter that James has written in James chapter five says this, verse 13, are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you've committed any sins, you'll be forgiven. Verse 16, confess your sins, here's that word, elelon, to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. How many of you have read that verse before and you, you read real fast over the first part, right? And you get to the pray because that's, I can pray, but you're talking, well, confess, Pastor John. Which version are you reading, right? Confess, I mean, there's, we're gonna see here in a minute, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Verse 17 Elijah was as human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. And then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. Have you ever wrestled with questions about prayer? Especially when we read passages like this where it says to confess sins to each other, and to pray for each other so that we may be healed. It's an interesting dynamic when you also consider that God is omnipotent. He has all power. He's, he's everywhere, right? He, he is almighty God. He is God. He spoke a word in the world, in the earth was created. He, he breathed life into Adam and Eve, and he, he, can, just, he can just do. And yet... He has allowed himself to be in this dynamic relationship with you and I that, that his hand, scripture says, is moved by our prayers. Has that ever caused you to ask why? It has me. It's like, God, 
It's your desire that this person um, be healed. It's your desire that this person come to a relationship with you. Just make it happen, right? As moms and dads and parents, or maybe you're in the room and maybe you've had your mom or dad say this to you when you ask, well, why, why should I do or why do I? And we've, we kind of lean into the, because I said so. I don't know about you, but in my life, with, in my relationship with the Lord, there are times when I'm like, God, just speak. Just speak the word, right? Just, you're God, I trust you. Just say it and let it be. And yet, God says through many writers in his word that he values and encourages and goes beyond encourage. He, he commands, he says, pray one for another. Prayer is such an interesting um, um, Elan type activity for us that we have to understand that, that God is wanting to develop within us this recognition of prayer, yes, connecting here, but also connecting here. It's as if he's, he's modeling to us in this prayer quotient, the same way we as, as healthy moms and dads do, we, we want our kids to get along, Right? And, and we want them just, just, just love each other, just care for each other, just be concerned with each other. And it's with that context that sometimes we can make sense of why God says, confess your sins and pray for each other. This series talking about doing together better, there's a big idea that we have uh, wrestled with um, throughout this time, and, and I'll just remind you of this, and that's this. The way we treat each other is really important to God. It really is. And we advance the kingdom of God when we do life together better. Let's look at prayer in this, this verse, specifically in verse 16, where it says to confess and pray for each other. We're going to talk today real quickly about three things that happens in the life of an individual and in a community like we're involved here when prayer becomes a priority, when prayer is a priority. And before we get into the three things, I want to remind you of something just as a context for, for where we're heading here today. And, and some of you may be uh, aware of this, others may not. When you engage in prayer, here's kind of like the disclaimer before the application, right? When you engage in prayer, the Bible talks about spiritual war, warfare, about how that when you go to the Lord in prayer, there, there is a, a spiritual dynamic taking place that we're doing spiritual battle. There are opportunities, the Bible says, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but by the principalities and powers in this world. And when we come into the presence of God by, by our prayers and we join our hearts, the Bible says that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, forever making intercession for us, when we engage ourselves in that dynamic relationship, it's as if we're declaring war on the forces of darkness in this world. And to that, I would say, game on. Let's go. Because that is the mission of God. That is the heartbeat of God to create, um, to, to bring light into the darkness. But when you begin to apply these principles of prayer into your life, the enemy gets upset. In fact, it's no, no secret in my mind at all, there's no coincidence that three or four, actually it's been three weeks now, we decided here at Calvary, just for some scheduling things, we've been kind of praying this through and when, when we could pull the trigger on all these things as far as implementing. Every Wednesday night, I just invite you right now, every Wednesday night at seven o'clock here in this room, we just have a time of prayer. From seven to eight, we've, we've started three weeks ago and it's been a great time for us just to join our hearts together and pray. He said, Pastor John, my week is busy. I understand. 
When prayer becomes a priority, God begins to move in some really crazy cool ways. And so if, if those of you, I'm, this is my open invitation in, uh, to, to extend to you as well, but I also understand that you may or may not have the opportunity to do that. I get it, but we have some resources for you to help you engage in this activity of prayer. One of the easiest ways you can do that is we've partnered together with an, another church that has developed uh, just an app for you. It's called Pray First and spelled out F-I-R-S-T, Pray First. Go on any of the stores there to buy apps, whatever, just get it. And, and it's, a, it's a great uh, personal prayer journal uh, guide. It helps you pray through different prayer models. Some of you say, what's a prayer model? For instance, the Lord's Prayer, praying through the Lord's Prayer, our Father who's art, who art in heaven, you know. God, thank you for being in heaven. Thank you for the perspective from your place that's different than mine. Hallowed be thy name. Your, word, your name is, is holy. I just lift your name up. And you pray through different things. There's, there's prayer models in, in there as well that are very beneficial to you. Some of you that may want the paper copy of that, we have some of them. If we're out, we'll replenish them and they'll be back on there Wednesday. But uh, they're on the back tables on, to my left and right underneath the pray signs. That it just says pray first. This, this is just the exact written version of what's in the app. So you can either do either or. It's uh, just a resource for you to engage in prayer. The other piece of paper that's back there that's important, Scripture teaches us that all authority is put in its place by God. And as such, there is an opportunity for us to pray for those that are in authority over us, from our nation to our, our city and our county and all that. Um, we have just a leadership prayer guide that's back there, front and back. It starts with the leaders of our country praying for bullet points, President Joe Biden, Vice President Harris, Supreme Court Justices, Alito, Barrett, Gorsuch, it goes down the list, all of these, calling these names out in prayer. God, give them wisdom, give them discernment, give them understanding, help them to have divine moments in, in times with you, all the way down to our local leaders in state and district, all the different mayors, for Nancy Vaughn in Greensboro, for Jay Wagner at High Point, Allen joins in, in Winston, and goes on down that list. It's a guide for us to engage in prayer. So I just encourage you to, to, to make yourselves available to that and engage in this idea of prayer. Here's what happens, three things, according to this passage in James chapter five, when prayer is a priority. Number one, isolation is not an option. Here's what I mean by that, and here's what James is trying to describe to, to us in this passage of Scripture. When he starts this passage in verse 13, he says things like, are any of you suffering hardships? Let him pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing songs. You should praise. What he's doing here is he's giving extremes in all the different um, positions or statuses of our life. Are you really having a bad time? Pray. Are you really excited, ecstatic? Well, pray. And what he's doing is, is, is it's a literary technique that he's using here called merism, M-E-R-I-S-M. And it's basically something that says if you take the extreme of either side, you don't have to then describe all the different complex things in the middle. You're basically saying from, you know, it's almost like east is west, like the highs and the lows. It's when we say from far and near and all this stuff. When we say that, we're not just meaning those things that are really far away and near. We're meaning all of those different things, right? James is saying this in the same passage. He says, no matter the state of life you find yourself in, no matter the, the emotional status that you're in, pray. 
And then he goes even further and he says there's these different pieces of that prayer and, and interaction with people, he says, that involves the Lord and it involves this elelon, each other. He says the Lord will, will make him well, the prayer of faith. And then he says to confess sins to each other and pray. So there's this interaction that James is trying to communicate that he's covering all of life and the encouragement to be involved with God and with others, no matter where you find yourselves. Isolation is not an option when prayer becomes a priority. When we begin to see our connection with God as, as so significant in our life, he then leads us into the connection with each other, and it's just it's nearly impossible to be isolated. He's saying that in everything, involve others. He's saying in the good times, involve others in God. In the bad times, involve others in God. In difficult trying times, involve others in God. When you're just having a normal day, involve others and God. When you need help with big dreams, involve others in God. And in everything, in every situation and status of life, we need to not isolate. We need to do life with each other. Number two, when prayer is a priority, confession is natural and concealing becomes uncomfortable. Now, I'm going to give you a little trick here. Now, in, when you develop sermons or whatever, it's easy to put like a, an, an easy one up front and an easy one in the middle and the bottom and then go for the gusto right here in the middle. So that's what's happening right about now, right? Because when you get to that portion of scripture, when it says confess your sins to each other, Woo, that if you're a visitor with or a guest with us here today, please understand that we're not going to get weird here in this. We're going to see what does the word share for us to do, right? Because it's in there. We need to look at it. We don't just need to overlook it. We don't need to be afraid of it. We need to see, God, what are you having for us to understand in this? But when prayer becomes a priority in our lives, then, then this confession becomes natural. Here's what James is talking about. It's easy for me to understand this a little bit more when I take it in the context of earthly moms and dads and kids, right? Because we've all, if, we've, if you don't have kids, here's the newsflash, whatever, you have a parent, right? You've all been in one side of that equation or the other. It's, it's the same for me, like when, I, when, when my kiddos were, were all younger at the house, when they would argue and fight, they weren't perfect, right? They were just close to perfect, but, uh, th but they would get mad at each other, right? And when we had a, a disagreement, it usually, our two oldest, it usually was, you know, Chelsea and Chandler, they'd cart, you know, start going at each other or whatever. And as parents, our, our goal was to resolve that relationship, Right? It was like, look, who did what? And we'd have, he said, she said, blah, blah, blah. And you'd have to discern who was at fault. And usually it was both. But anyway, and you just, and, but at the end of the day, you said, hey, say you're sorry, shake hands, hug each other and make up. Like, just like, you know, get it, get it taken care of. Con confess, right? We didn't say it that way, but that's what we were saying to them. Get these wrongs made right and let's go on with life. There was the same mentality. Jesus and, and God in his word through James here is saying to us kind of the same type principle. Hey, if there are issues in the middle of, of, of your relationships here, get them taken care of. 
confess those things. We said it earlier in the service this morning. I was doing some examples. Now, please understand, I believe the heart of what James was saying is, is that there are those opportunities when you have um, an offense one way or the other, that those are the types of things that we can forgive each other of. If my wife and I have an argument that I've said something stupid, which is more than likely the case in the arguments that we have, there is an opportunity for me to go to her and say, baby, I'm sorry, I've made this mistake, I shouldn't have said that. Then she can do what? Hopefully, if she has grace and mercy in that time, offer forgiveness to me, and she forgives me. And, and that re- issue is resolved. If there is an issue that's continuing linger in my heart that has caused that, i.e. pride, uh, just whatever else it is, then I need to confess that to the Lord and get him to have forgiveness of that, that soul spirit issue there. God offers forgiveness for our sins. Kim cannot absolve me of sins that I have committed against the Lord, right? But she can in those offenses here. So when James is saying confess your sins to each other, what he's saying is in the context of Elelon, when those mutual relationships are at place there, if you've wronged your brother or sister, go get it right. The writer of this letter, James, obviously the, the, the wisdom uh, of the, um, the authorship of this is that this was the brother of Jesus. There's several men and, and apostles named James, but the, the, the theological wisdom there is this is the brother named Jesus. The reason why that's important is because this person, the author here, James, would have been very keenly aware of the teaching of the heart of the, 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 um, the principles that Jesus communicated. Jesus, in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, talked about this type of issue and offense with one another. In verse 23 of Matthew's gospel in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus himself said, so if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar, go and be reconciled to that person, then come and offer your sacrifice to God. That's pretty significant. Here was the son of God who was, who was pushing people into a deeper relationship with God and, and modeling that, um, that, that reconciliation that took place. He said, if you come to the altar and you recognize, man, I've got an, an, an offense here that I needed to get taken care of. He was saying there is so much value and responsibility and, and, and significance on that restoration. Leave that gift at the altar. It is secondary at this point. Go get restored to your brother. So when I read James's letter, it says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other, it's really important that we say these things are really kind of connected. That sometimes we would say, hey, I'm going to lean into the prayer quotient side of that, but I'm not going to fix this relational part. And the whole time, I just believe God sees our lives as whole, as, as, as all of those things interrelated. And he's saying, you know what, I, I could heal that that need that you're bringing to me, I could. And, and he does heal, I get it. But sometimes I believe God just says, hey, I, I really need you to leave that there. Let's, we'll talk about that in a minute. I need you to go fix it with your brother. I need you to go fix it with your sister. Why is that so important? 
Because Jesus said a few weeks ago, we talked about it, by this will all men, all the world, know that you are my disciples by your love one for another, how you react and how you act with each other. What's the purpose, what's the mission of God? To reconcile lost people to him. And if somehow we've allowed this relational element here to, to kind of do a kink in the hose, so to speak, then God's saying, no, no, no. I, you you got to understand, my purpose is that people come to know me and restore their relationship with me. And your relational kink in the hose there is causing a problem. Go fix it. Go get it done. Then come and sing songs. Then come and worship. Get that taken care of. Now come and, and give your offering. Now come and, and worship. Now come and do that. That's a pretty big deal. Our relational um, impact with each other is really important. Let me give you some practical um, wisdom, uh, Pastor John opinion on how this maybe confess your sins to each other thing plays out. I believe there's biblical foundation to it. I'm not going to go into the depth of this, but just some wisdom. I believe the principles that James says, says here could, could really be attached to some of these practical things. We should confess sins to someone that can help us not sin anymore. If I say, you know what, I'm dealing with, with I, I'm a drunk, I'm an alcoholic, I need to confess. The Bible says don't be drunk, right? That's pretty, pretty apparent. So I'm an alcoholic. I'm not gonna go confess that sin to another alcoholic. Because what are they going to do? Say, ah, forget about it. Let's go get a drink. If I'm dealing with this particular thing and I'm trying to get, get restoration and healing from that, I am going to find someone that is not dealing with that, that is a mature believer, that is a little bit ahead of me possibly in this growth with the Lord, that maybe has a testimony of walking through that already, has defeated that temptation. I'm going to go find them. That's just practical for me to say, hey, find those. If the ultimate goal in this is to fix and, and increase the relationship with the Lord and with each other, find someone that can actually help you in that, that moment there, right? I believe it's also encouraging because of that mutual um, dynamic there when he says each other, it's not just meaning just random stranger on the street. It is that mutually beneficial. So it, it serves to reason there then that there would be a, a, a previous relationship with that person. And that'd be really weird if someone just came up to you on the street, just you didn't know him, says, hey, I need to confess my sins to you. It's like, whoa, dude, back up. You know, you know hey, that would be a little bit strange. But in the context of relationship where it's mutually beneficial, that's where this each other moment takes place. Flip side of that equation, if someone does come to you and, 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 and confesses some of these things to you, guard that with confidence. Guard that as if they are laying their heart in front of you and treat it with respect because it is that mutually beneficial and you reap what you sow. Don't you dare take that, that honesty and say, well, I'm going to post that. And we, oh, it's just the prayer chain. You know, I'm, 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 people need to know, you know, or whatever. No, 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 no. Each other, mutually beneficial. Share that with each other and pray together. And, and then really do it, right? Don't just say, hey, I'll pray for you. Well, I've got some friends in my life that I, I could call their names out right now that I know if I share a need with them and they do say the words, I'll pray for you. And then it'll be a day or two later, I'll get a text. Just a reminder, I am praying for you. I sent somebody a text this morning, uh, the same, like, hey, I'm praying for you this morning because God brought them to my heart, whatever. But when someone comes to you like that, don't just say it, do it. I love what Pastor Clayton said a minute ago. It just, just wrecked me. He said, Jesus, in his prayer, I don't know if he called it, he said, Jesus said in his prayer, greater love has no one than this. And the man laid down his life for his friends. 
And then he did it. Let us be the people that would say, hey, I'm gonna pray for you. And then do it. And then actually do it. We advance the kingdom of God when we get these each others correct. Number three, when prayer becomes a priority, normal prayers from normal people have extraordinary results. They just do. James chapter five, verse 17, it says, Elijah was as human as we are. Isn't that an interesting statement? He was basically saying, Elijah was just a normal dude and yet prayed this extraordinary prayer. God, keep the rain and it didn't rain. God, bring back the rain and it rains, right? Wow. And you see all throughout scripture that when, when normal people um, pray these extraordinary or pray these normal prayers, extraordinary results happen. What's the response of people that don't understand priority in prayer? They think, this person must be a God, right? It was like, how in the world could that happen? You don't believe me? There's a story in Acts chapter 14. Paul and Barnabas had this same type of experience and it said the same thing about them, that Paul was preaching. There's this man with a crippled foot. Uh, feet came and stared at him. Paul, the word says, quote, saw that he had faith to be healed. That's an interesting statement. How do you see that someone has faith? You have to have spiritual eyes and discernment to see that. He looks at this man and, he, and he, the scripture says that he literally yelled at him. He says, stand up. And the man stood up, his feet healed, and boom, he walks away. What happens with the people? Acts chapter 14 and 11, it says this, verse 11. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in their local dialect, these men are gods in human form. Verse 14, but when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard what was happening, they tore their clothing in dismay, ran out among the people shouting, friends, why are you doing this? This is the phrase I want you to latch on to. We are merely human beings just like you. Remember what James said about Elijah. He's as human as we are. Paul says, we are merely human beings just like you. We have just come to bring you the good news. Can I just release something in this room here today that if you don't hear anything else I say, you are normal human being just like Elijah, just like Paul, just like me, just like your neighbor. And it doesn't matter that you may think that normal equals nothing. Normal connected to the spirit of God living and acting through your life produces extraordinary results. I don't know what your need is, but I promise you, I promise you, as you with eyes of faith, look into people's eyes this week in your families and at work that have quote unquote crippled feet, right? They have crippled relationships. They have, they have depression and anxiety on their lives. Can I just tell you that you can be a normal person just like Paul. You can be a normal person just like Elijah and look at that need and say, stand up and their feet will be healed their feet. That's, that's the word of God. That's the, the presence of the Lord. When prayer becomes a priority, that's what happens. You say, Pastor John, I've done that before and it hasn't happened. 
God's word is not contingent necessarily upon our experience. And when we allow our experience to dictate what the truth of God's word is, we become Pharisees. We become so jaded in our mind and we say, God, my experience has been something different. And as such, I choose not to believe your word. And be careful when you do that, because when you, when you, when you erase part of what God has done in his word, you have to erase the Jesus part too. You have to erase the forgiveness part too. And I don't want to do that, right? I, I take the word of God as it is. And just because my experience has been different, I still trust the Lord. I believe that God can do it. Did you know that the people in God's word that he healed, even those that he raised from the dead, did you want, check this out, Lazarus, right? He was in the grave. Jesus spoke and Lazarus came forth, right? And he did, he was raised again. You know what happened to Lazarus? He died again. Does that mean the healing was any less? No, 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 no. So why does God heal in different points and answer some ways? I don't know. I'm not God, but I know his word is true. And so many times he is trying to get us to understand, can he heal? Yes, he can. His idea of healing, however, is sometimes different than ours. He says, I really want your heart but if you need me to heal your hand so that I can get to your heart, okay. But the bigger issue is your heart connected with me. And so that's why James is saying, pray for each other so that you may be healed. But don't just say it's just about physical healing. Confess your sins too. Because in the middle of that dynamic of that, that relational um, um, growth and, and, and just helping each other, boy, God's spirit just acts and he moves and he does crazy, awesome things. And people say, stand up and they're healed. When prayer is a priority. That's the kind of church that, that we're a part of. That's the kind of story that is continuing in us. You say, well, Pastor John, I, it's just not been my experience. We'll start this week. Pray for each other. Confess your sins to your spouse, to somebody close to you. Say, hey, hold me accountable to this. I'm having an issue here. If you're happy, sing praises. So many times we want to we want to brush through all the the scripture and say I just want to get to the results part without getting through the action part, right? Well, James has given us a pattern here to try to instill into our lives that says, "Hey, prayer and this idea of praying for each other it just needs to be a priority." When you do that, isolation is is not an option. Confession becomes natural and concealing becomes uncomfortable and normal prayers from normal people have extraordinary results. I'm gonna ask the team to come, uh, Pastor Clayton or whoever's gonna help me just conclude, and we're gonna conclude by simply doing that, praying for each other. And you say that, uh, you know, Pastor John, we'll just, we'll just wait until you dismiss, and the prayer people will come up front here, and then it'll be a little bit less, whatever. Well, we, we are gonna do that later, uh, but we're gonna pray a little bit differently here today, and we're gonna put this into practice. And, and, so I'm just going to kind of seed, seed the thought here a little bit for the Lord just to, to put it in your heart. If there's a need in your heart and your life that you've walked into the room today, can I just, with all the um, symbolic faith of this story, try? I, I can't make eye contact with everybody in this room, but can I, with the faith, the same faith that Paul said, stand up, stand up. The same God is on the throne that healed then that is healing now. And you may just need someone to come alongside you and say, hey, I've got you. We're going to link arms and you can borrow some of my faith in this, that I'm going to stand up 
there's a healing that needs to come place, uh, come to pass in, in this room. I believe that with all my heart when prayer is a priority. Before we do that today, I want to tell you a story. It was back in uh, uh, July of 2011. Kim and I were the district youth directors at, at, uh, in North Texas at a camp, and we had camps every week. And uh, there, this one particular week was no different. There's about 800 plus kids in the, the campground, cabins all over the facility. It was awesome. Tuesday night, we're playing basketball with a bunch of youth pastors. I was, walked out of the cabin, and I got a notice. Um, uh, this text came through to one of the youth pastors that we were with that one of his students, his name was Dustin. Uh, Dustin was having a severe asthma attack. You've heard me tell this story before. I won't go into the details here. I want to tell a different element of this. We got to the room. There's a sidewalk out front of the cabin, and we began CPR. Dustin was purple from here up. Called, called ambulances, everything. It was obvious we had a paramedic on staff there with us. He was there. We were doing everything that we could to treat this young man. Now, I'll never forget, I had a couple of college young adults that were with me and some youth pastors that they just didn't know what to do, honestly. It was just like, how do we, there's only, what do we do? I said, go pray. And so they went over into the, the multipurpose building, the auditorium, and they just began to pray. And there was a specific prayer that they prayed, God, just let there be peace on this campground. Just let there be peace on the campground. Many of you, I won't go into the details, but you understand that if someone is in that, it's a trauma type situation, perform CPR, and it, it, it's, not the, it's not the most glamorous thing. It's not, it's not pretty. And uh, ambulances came, ambulance came, the fire department and lights and all this stuff. It's about one o'clock in the morning. And the whole time these people are over here, normal people, just like Elijah, just like Paul, praying for peace. I wish I could tell you that God healed Dustin that day. It's been an incredible story. But that's not what happened. Dustin passed away that night, and I was participated in his funeral. It was an incredible moment of sorrow and grief, but yet God at work in the middle of a church is just still to this day amazing. Here's the part of that story that I want you to grasp today. The normal people were praying, and in the middle of that situation, with all the chaos that was taking place on this patio, the cabins in that campground were like not very far apart. So like one cabin would be this seating area here, and the next cabin may be as far apart like this seating, or this, this here. So there's a little bit of distance, but not a bunch. About 30 or 40 students in each cabin. And you guys, at, teenagers at camp, Pastor Josh, you understand this, they're not asleep at one o'clock in the morning. That's just go time, right? That is probably, you know, wrestling matches and all this stuff. So we're, our prayer was, God, peace, and don't let the people, the kids from the other cabins see what was taking place here because it was, it was not pretty. So they're out praying, God give peace. The next morning I go to the youth pastors after all this, it's been a long night, we didn't sleep at all that night. I go to the, the dorm leaders in these adjacent cabins there and I, both of them, I was just like, hey, you know, I needed to explain what had happened last, last night in this deal and each one of them was like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, the, all the, the ambulances and the cars, says, what? We never saw it. Our, our guys were asleep. First of all, that's a miracle of God right there, right? One of, you know, that's just incredible. But I'm telling you this right now because it's hard to communicate the, the breadth of that, that miracle. 
But God had used just crazy normal people to say, I don't know what to do. I just want to pray for peace. And he just, we, we talk about it this day, just a blanket of peace over that campground. And those young men that were in those cabins that were surrounding it, they didn't even wake up. Even in Dustin's cabin, there were boys from his church that woke up the next morning. Where's Dustin? We were in the cabin with paramedics in and out. Peace. Just be still. I'm telling you this right now. I don't know if it's a stand-up prayer that needs to be answered or just a peace. God answers prayers. He really does. By normal people praying normal prayers. If you're here today, I want to pray for you and your friends in this family need to pray for you. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes right now? In just a moment, I'm going to have you stand if you have a need and we're going to pray together. But I just believe that, uh, that, that God wants to do something significant in this room. Father, I pray right now that any, any sense of um, hesitation or reserve would just be gone. God, that you would give us the boldness just to ask for prayer. God, your word is true, and your word says that the, the earnest or the effectual, fervent prayer of righteous men and women, it, it produces great results, and we believe for that today. Thank you for it. If you're here today and you have a need, whether it's a physical need, relational, whatever it is, spiritual, emotional, whatever it is, you're here in this room and said, I just, I would love for someone just to pray. We're not going to have you come forward. We're going to pray where you're at. But if that's you, would you just stand right where you're at? You just have the boldness to say, hey, I need somebody to pray for me. Yeah, all over this room, all over this room. Wow. Yeah, it's incredible. Wow. So church family, we're going to be the family of God right now. And if someone's standing next to you or close to you, you may have to get out of your seats a little bit. I want everybody that's standing to have someone with a hand on their shoulder. And, uh, and we're going to just have to move. It's going to be a little bit of organized chaos here. So if you see somebody that is standing close to you, go find them. You may know them if you see somebody across the room. If you want to introduce yourself to them, that's great. But you don't have to. Uh, it may be awkward if you don't know them or whatever, I get it. If you stood just a minute ago and no one is with you yet, raise your hand. Because with other people standing, we may have missed somebody. Anybody? I have a, a lady in the back here to my left. Marianne, will you help me right there? You got it. Somebody's got it. Carrie, thank you so much. If you do not have money, okay. Right here, somebody? Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Church, right now, will the rest of you just stand with me all over this room? We're going to pray. And we're going to pray. If you want to, to introduce yourself to those people and maybe they want to share a little bit about the need there, that's fine. You don't have to, but just, just share the need there. If you feel led, you can, but you don't have to. And we're just going to pray right now. All over this room, let's join our hearts together in prayer for these needs. Father, right now, I thank you in advance for what you're doing in and through us. God, there is, there's miracles taking place in the lives of those that have stood and in the lives of those that are praying for the other people. God, it is that elelan. It is the mutual. God, I pray for those that have, have, have stepped out in faith to stand with a need. I also pray for those that are praying for them. That, that God, you would grow both of them in their, their, their faith, Lord. Father, for the physical needs that are in this room right now, whatever they are, God, you know it. 
you know the need. And God, your word says you know what we need before we even ask. And so, Lord, I pray for physical needs, relational needs. I pray for emotional needs. Whatever they may be, Father, I pray that you would do that. God, just meet, meet those needs in this place this morning. We thank you for it. Stand up, I say to that, that withered foot. I say peace in the name of Jesus, God, that you would just be glorified in this room. Lord, I thank you in advance for what you are doing in and through our prayers. God, we thank you for it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen. Can we just give the Lord a hand clap for what he does? Now, here's what I know. Here's what I know. There are some times, there are some times when we pray these prayers that God immediately heals, right? Paul said to that man, stand up, and he was healed. And I thank God that he does that. If that's happened this morning, go share that with somebody. The scripture says that we can overcome by the blood of the lamb, the sacrifice of Jesus, and by the word of our testimony. You encourage other people. Some of you may be in the room and says, well, God hasn't healed yet. Can I tell you, as your pastor, even this morning, I shared in the first service, there's some things that physically that I'm walking through that I know that God can heal, and yet for some reason, he's allowing me to walk through them. You know what I do with that? I say, God, I know you can. I refuse to let that be a source of discouragement in my life because I know you can. I've seen you do it, and for whatever reason, you're asking me to walk through this, so let's go. We walk together, and we continue to pray with each other. We confess to each other, and we do this elelon right. And by that, the world will see that, that we are his disciples, and that's the mission of God. And so I'm encouraged by it. I just really am. So many times I believe that, that we can get, get hung up in this, oh, it's got to be this way or that way. Sometimes God does things in unique ways, and I'm not God, neither are you. He is. Let's trust him. How about that? Amen? Amen. So... We're going to be dismissed here in just a minute. I, I know that I went a little bit longer than I anticipated, but I want to just encourage you. There's not another service so you can, can connect with each other. And I'm, I'm, the reason I read that scripture from Matthew 5 is because I really believe that God uses different pieces of the message to land where it needs to land in each of our hearts. If there's something that in, in offense, there's something off in a relational here, go get it taken care of. Just get it taken care of. Just do it. You'll, you'll feel better. It'll be great. Just do it. And then we'll come back and we'll worship the Lord next week. And it'll be better and the Lord will receive praise and it'll be awesome. It'll be, but get those things taken care of. Somebody give you time. I am going to ask the prayer uh, team to come forward and, and just make their, their way to the front and have their places either at the back here at the front. There's going to be some men and women that want to pray together with you. And uh, we, obviously, the whole message today is about praying together for each other so you understand the importance that we put on it. But they're going to be up here in the front. We're going to pray together uh, as well. As they're coming, I also want to pray for another group of, of people possibly in this room. So one more time, just real quick, would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? If you're here today in this room and you've not asked Jesus to be a part of your life, you have not begun your relationship with Jesus, and you feel like this is the day you, you, you want to, you feel that the Bible says that the Spirit draws us, our spirits to himself, you say, you know what, Pastor John, would you just include me in a prayer that we'll pray together to ask Jesus to come into my heart today. If that's you, would you just raise your hand right where you're at? I want to include you in that prayer. Thank you so much. Right here. Somebody else. Anybody in the room? Just Pastor John, would you just include me in that prayer today? 
Awesome. It's the most important prayer we can pray. Amen. Church, would you join with me and repeat this prayer just for those that raised their hand and those that maybe didn't and that wanted to. Can we all just agree together and make this our prayer? Repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. Please forgive me. I accept your forgiveness that you purchased for me on the cross. Come into my life. Make me new. I live for you from this day forward. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that simple prayer or those were the, those, that, that heart is where you're at today, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that the old is come, gone and the new has come. You're a new creature. And we would love to unpack that with you a little bit more. Some of these men or women at the front of the back just to pray together with you. It's the greatest thing. It's the greatest gift we can give you. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you and may his face shine upon you in your coming and going and may you be a reflection of God's grace in your families and may you pray for each other this week and be a reflection of that grace to the community, all the places that you go. God bless you. You're dismissed. We'll see you Wednesday at seven for prayer. God bless you.